The Weekly Dish podcast is presented by Common Ground Minnesota. Food and farming conversations from Minnesota women in agriculture. Learn more at commongroundminnesota.com or follow them on Instagram at commongroundminn. Hey, everybody, it's Steph March for Common Ground Minnesota. Listen, food brings out the passion in people, so let's talk about food together. Common Ground Minnesota is an online resource for you to do that, and it's 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 run by volunteer women farmers from Minnesota of all walks. We're talking big farms, small farms. We're talking dairy. We're talking produce. These women in agriculture are growing and raising the food that we all eat. We love to have a chat with them about what it, what it means to be sustainable and what does it mean when they're using pesticides and why are they doing it. All of this is available at Common Ground Minnesota website. It's commongroundminnesota.com. And then on that new website, you guys, there are videos, there's you know FAQs, there's topics, there's a great blog, all sorts of things, and recipes. And farm dogs, too, by the way. So there you go. Commongroundminnesota.com is your great resource for everything food and families and farms. Don't forget, check them out on Instagram at commongroundminn. One time is it. Welcome back to Weekly Dish, where we've been talking about all things cabbage and milk. <laughs> Sorry is, that I derailed us by cabbage the cabbage time. leaf being able to help let down your breasts if you're a breastfeeding mother. Um, we did have a call that came in during the break, and someone wanted to know what to do with all their habanero peppers that they had gotten at uh, from a friend. Do you have any thoughts about that, Steph? Um, well, I just, I know it's hard because peppers... This is the thing is like, I have a friend who gives me who has a farm and she's like, here are all these. And I'm like, I don't, it's too many peppers. I don't use them. I don't, but I pickle them. I do this. I yeah, do a quick I was pickle. Say, pickle or ferment. Yeah. And I do a quick pickle and I usually just stick them in the fridge, you know, and then, and then I kind of pull them out every once in a while and stick them on a, you know, like you, a quesadilla. I chop them up super fine, you know, that kind of thing. You can make like sauce. Like you can do like a quick sauce by just chopping them up and doing a quick pickle and then you know, putting them into it, like with tomatoes or whatever. You can also freeze them. Yeah. But what do you do with them? Like, what's the point of them? Well, like habaneros especially. You have to want to have a habanero. True. You know what I'm saying? I freeze all the, like, what are they, the bird peppers? Yeah. Thai bird chili or yep, Thai chili. Yep, thai I freeze those because you can cut one up to put it in anything. Yeah. Um, I have a friend that dries them. Okay. And then she crushes them just like you would red peppers. And she gives them to me in a shaker. Oh, great. And I got a shaker from her like five years ago. And I just ran out this year. And I was like, oh, I'm so sad. I'm thinking about you. I'm using the last of the peppers. And she sent me a whole nother jar, which was really nice. You know what? That's a really great idea to dry them and then, you know, like pulse them. Yeah. You just just, crush them up and put them in a spice container. And then you can kind of do a little shake here and there. Yeah. I use them on pizzas. Yeah. That's a great idea. Because I like all that hot. 
Um, and then someone else asked about this uh, about the cheese sauce with has like how do you keep the cheese sauce? We talked about using citric salt um, in your cheese sauce, and that's a thing that you can find. You find it at your butcher store, you know, and ask them about it because it's a curing salt. But it's easy to get if you go to like Von Hansen's or you go to somewhere like that. And then there's a whole cheese sauce recipe which I will which I'll find and we can resurface it again. It keeps your cheese sauce from breaking. Yes. And staying creamy and delicious. Right. And we were talking about cabbage and white sauce, just making a bechamel is how a lot of moms would make cabbage. There was a Betty Crocker recipe for that and they would put panko on it with butter and just make like a gratin. Um, There's a whole New York Times thread on like one of their editors tweeted out like that she was making Annie's white cheddar mac and cheese, but she was browning the butter and adding parm. And then she's like, let me know your other hacks. And it was like, this massive like foodist way of like handling your mac and cheese. And it was all like, Oh my God, this sounds amazing. Cause Annie's alone is not good. Is it not the no. white cheddar? Nope. I don't ever eat box mac and cheese. My no giant baby was a massive mac and cheese box aficionado and craft mac and cheese in the box. Yeah. I don't know. There's something about it that is homey and tastes good. Yeah. And if you put the butter in and the milk, and sometimes if you're feeling decadent and a little cream, that can really do it for you in a pinch. I never got that feeling from Annie's. It always felt a little just not enough. Not right. I like the whiteness of it. You know what I mean? I like white cheddar. Just yeah. didn't like that one. Yeah. Um, I'm going to put this nacho cheese recipe. It's sodium citrate. Sorry, not citric salt. Those are different. Sodium citrate is what you're going to want. So I'm going to put that up for you. Okay. Uh, this is the portion of the show where we tell you two things that we are obsessing over in the top two in hour two. Give him the old one time. One, two, one, two. And now the weekly dish presents top two, top two, the top two. Pick your best two in our two. Right, give me two, winning, winning, winning. All right, all right. Uh, I'll start, Stephanie, since you're working on the other item. Um, and I feel like I might have done this one before, but I'm gonna do <laughs> we it again. Do that a lot, and that's okay. Because I was on the road, and I took with me. It's called Mixly, M-I-X-L-Y. And these are handcrafted cocktail mixers that you add liquor to or not. So if you want to have a non-alcoholic, you would just add soda water. If you want to have a liquor drink, you'd add liquor and usually a little bit of soda water, too. Mm -hmm. They're locally made. They're Minnesota-made product. Uh, Strawberry rhubarb, grapefruit jalapeno, pineapple basil lime, cucumber mint lime, and coconut ginger lime. Oh, They're all delicious okay i like that so good that sounds real delish yeah really really good uh you can find them at mixly m-i-x-l-y cocktailco.com or you can find them in some of the local liquor stores um but i think ordering them online is primarily how she's selling them and they're real good um okay i like that um my first one is going to be the fact that um angel food bakery is now open Right it, next to my yeah. house, which is really great because when we're talking about pretzels, yo, that's a really good one. I was dying place. when I saw that she had a pretzel. Yep, yep. She's got pretzel. Well, she, they have that jalapeno cream cheese one, too, that they have out at the airport, for sure. But um, it's 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 like, I feel, in fact, I went up there, you know, and I did a little sneak peek, and we did a little photo, and, and it's cute as, as get out. Oh, I'm sure. And then I saw, and then I drove by on Friday morning when I was driving to, you know, they opened officially on Friday. I was driving by when I was driving to Fox for my TV thing and it was like the line was out the door and I was like, don't. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
The secret's out. Oh my God, everybody was there on Friday. The entire neighborhood has been talking about it. Like it was on next door, everything. Everyone's like, oh my God, it's opening. So I'm really happy to say that Angel Food Bakery in St. Louis Park in the Texatonka Strip Mall, really, you know, she's got lots of great cupcakes or, uh, you know, uh, donuts and scones and sort of just everything. It's going to be love And great coffee. They've got good coffee, too. We need a good coffee shop, too. This, I noticed that in that your post. That area like, is so... The, we literally have, like, the Caribou that is over on 100, yes. which has got the worst par- parking lot of all time. Yes, it does. And then there's one in Knollwood, and that's it. And, like, I'm not going to Knollwood and no. deal with that parking lot, either. I just need somewhere I can buzz in, grab a cup, yep. and get out. And Parallel Coffee is open again now, too. Yes, it's called the Glass House now. Something, yeah. yes. Yeah. But good coffee there, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Seriously. Okay, okay so what's your second one? my second one is sort of a continuation of something I think I talked about a couple weeks ago. But uh, our friend Jack Rabel and I got together a while ago and talked about doing a Makers of Minnesota dinner. So yeah. we have one booked for September that has sold out. And we decided to do another one in October. And uh, he was on, I think, WCCO TV talking about it the other day. We're going to have our friend Gretchen uh, Prebix from Sweetland Orchard is going to do some cider and uh, cider cocktail. We're also going to have the Humble Goat, which is a product of Stickney Hill Dairy. And that's a Minnesota dairy that does lots of different kinds of goat cheeses. And then we're going to have KC from K-Mama Sauce, yeah, which is the Korean ketchup guy. So we just released tickets for the October event. I'll put a link on the show page. I'll be there. You'll get a chance to meet the makers. And I'm just Chef Antonio. You know, the Lexington, it's a hard time for everybody over there right now. Um, Jack is doing well, but he's uh, got a terminal illness, and that's really hard to transition from. And at the same time, celebrate him and his life and the things that have been important to him. And um, so I'm looking forward to the dinner. It's a little bittersweet. Yeah. And um, looking forward to spending time with him and his folks over at the Lex. So Good. that's my second one. What's yours? Okay, well, I'm going to talk about the Brissant right now. Oh, yeah, let's do because it. Because this is a good time for it. Um, uh, so the Brissant is, you guys, a brioche and croissant sort of you know, hybrid, which remember the cronut, remember all that stuff. Yes. Um, so this is, I <laughs> How love can we this. forget the cronut. Oh my God. Well, I met these two characters, you know, who are, uh, the salsa collaborative and rolled up is the name of her, uh, you know, um, her site, her bakery. Okay. And you know, where is it? Well, it's a, it's online right now because she, they're selling at the Linden Hills farmer's market. Got they're, it. they're at farmer's markets all over. They don't have a shop. Okay. They're selling at, you know, the Linden Hills farmer's market and then you can order and pick up and she's got bow buns and ba- you know, other things too. Um, anyway, it's Nikki and Brian, this cute little married couple. And I found their, I, I've been seeing this like weird bun on, you know, like, and there's this burger thing. And I noticed that finally that they were going to do a burger pop-up of this contest they won. And I was like, I got to go get one of these and try it. And you guys, it is so cool. It is just like a, it's like a, like a bun, like almost like a popover, but yet it's, it's like sturdy and the inside is is kind of fluffy, but also sturdy. You know, it's a cross between a brioche and a croissant. It really does work. And um, I made a burger out of it for, you know, Matt and I. And I was like, literally, that was so delicious. And it was perfect because it's held up to the burger. Like, it was good enough to that didn't fall apart. Right. But yet, it was also... Um, really airy and buttery and it was god it was so good it looks 
perfect. It's perfect. And it's really fun. What she does is she takes the dough, brioche dough, and she folds it a couple times and laminate it. When we talk about croissants, we talk about laminated dough. And what that really means, just to break it down very simply, is that it's folded. You know, it's layered. And like so, an envelope. Yeah, over and over and over. And croissants are done uh, so many times. But she just does it a couple times with this one. And then she braids it, which also layers it again. And then she tucks it and sticks it in a little mold and it kind of puffs out. It's almost like a popover, but it, it's got it's like, like a that, but it's got a brioche top. top. And then she puts a little uh, caraway seeds on it, or I mean poppy seeds. And it literally is one of those things where you kind of just don't know what you're getting. And I was like, this is going to be so hard to bite into. But of course, it's still just pastry. You know what I mean? And you yeah. just kind of squish it a little bit. It's so beautiful. <laughs> and I did. I cut the middle out a little bit, you know, so that it was a little bit less. And oh, God, it's so good. So anyway... Her, her, I, I'm going to put the post that I wrote about it up on our Facebook page because I haven't done that yet. And you can kind of dip in to see it, but they sell it. You have to order by Thursday in order to pick up on Sunday at the Linden Hills Farmer's Market. But I, I mean, you guys, it's really good. I love it. There it is. That's the brissant. Love it. You're going to make that thing super popular. I, well, she said she's got a lot of followers. So yeah, that's kind of sweet. I bet. They're, I bet. Just, they're super nice people, too. It's not like they don't deserve it. Yeah, so. and the, sometimes it's the best way to like discover something, right? Yeah. Where you just all of a sudden find out. We were when we were traveling. Have you ever seen? They called it a cheese souffle, and it was a cheese and egg dish that was cooked in a piece of parchment paper. And I'll tell you about it when we yeah, come back we're like after we're done talking to <laughs> Emily. It's delicious, but I'll tell you about yeah, it when we come it. back. Okay. We are here with our Emily. We've never really met, but I, I'm going to call you my friend because I love your work so much and I love all of your products. So you can be my friend. It's Emily V. Cray from V. Cray Distilling, and she has written a book called Camp Cocktails. And Emily, Stephanie is never going to give me your book back because she's so enthralled with it. And I didn't get one. <laughs> well, we need to get you one then. I know. I thought you guys, I was like, I, I, I was begging for it. I know I'm totally one of those people who begs for books, but that's the thing is I want one. We do like books. Emily. Oh, I like books too. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like, I, I, okay, this, I just, I feel like we are friends. Okay. So let's just be friends right now. Because I I think we are too. Your tap room up in Duluth is so beautiful and quaint and sweet and dark and moody and lovely in all the right ways. And then cozy, right? Yes. Cozy. Cozy. Cozy is exactly the way to put it. And then you make all these like various types of gin, which I'm a big gin fan, that really Mm -hmm. hearken to like the North Woods and you have different um types of gin based on different trees so you have cedar and you have spruce and and then you made this cookbook called camp cocktails that's basically like a foraging cocktail book for the north it's excellent oh thank you so much yeah it's so much fun with it it was um this idea that came up when i was talking i was actually talking with my editor first about writing an akavit book um but then the idea of writing a camping um and like cabin cocktail book came up and I was like, oh my gosh, that, <laughs> somebody must have written that already, right? And it, right. nobody had. And it was so funny because, of course, I get all sorts of email questions and Instagram DM questions when people are camping in the summer, like, what should I bring for cocktails? And I was like, oh, this is clearly like a need right now. And so it really is. Book on it. Yeah. And I'm a van camper 
And usually yeah. I bring like a mix. I was just talking about a mix that I brought with me because, you know, you don't have seven things to make a cocktail. So if you can bring something in a mason jar. Yes. It's exactly. so handy. And yeah, if you look at the photographs in the book, you'll see a lot of mason jars. I did. <laughs> yeah. And I yeah. love them. And Stephanie just discovered that you can make a shot glass out of what? a marshmallow. What? Mm-hmm. How mm-hmm. how have I right. not done that? I've done everything Fantastic possible with marshmallows, tricks. and I've never made a shot glass out of one. Oh well, you'll have to try it. It's really fun, but you have to make sure to not stick the um, the the stick all the way through the marshmallow because then, as I say, you make a marshmallow straw by accident. Which right, doesn't work the same way. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. I hear um, you. Emily, I want to ask you, so you're doing all these things. You also probably maybe know this or don't know this, but I'm also obsessed with your canned cocktails. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I kind of am too, yeah. which is why I made them, right? You mm-hmm. well, oh, and you thank had you. thank you. They're so delicious. Yeah. Very and handcrafted. Yeah. The Frenchie kind of started it, and now you have mm-hmm. uh I want to say the Briar. Yep, Briar and then Velo. So yep, the Frenchie is kind of based on a French 75 with a touch of elderflower and our juniper gin. And it's a little bit, um, you know, a little bit higher proof, really great for cocktail parties or for boating. But I uh, wanted to take a couple of my other favorite spritz, spritz style cocktails and can them as well. So the Briar is a blackberry and rhubarb cocktail. And then Velo is kind of an Italian spritz style, a little bit like an Aperol spritz with Hand crushed rhubarb juice and three types of bitter orange and citrus and um, yeah, a little bit lighter. Did you grow up in the Northwoods? I did. Um, well, we moved to Duluth when I was four, and so I grew up here and then also part time in Norway because my mom is a is from Norway. Okay, so because you seem like just talking about Aqua V too. I hope you do write that book, by the way, because. I love Aquavie, and it's very underrated, I think, in a lot it of places. Is. It deserves its day in the sun. And yeah, and I, it's, it's trending. I mean, like, people are definitely consuming more is. of it now, which is great. Right? Like, when we started the distillery, and I can't believe we started the distillery almost eight years ago now. That's wild to think about. But um, when we started and we started making Aquavie, nobody knew what Aquavie was, except for maybe, like, one in 75 people who were like, oh, my grandpa always had that. It right. was disgusting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and now... And now lots of people know what Akavit is and are excited to use it. So I love to see that change. So you're a pretty creative person. It isn't just that you are in this business, but you've expanded it into the books and the canned cocktails. Where do you get your inspiration from? And like, I just think the sensibility of this cookbook's so great. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, so much of my inspiration comes from, nature and from living in this beautiful place and getting to see the lake and the trees and the animals and it is just always very inspiring and then the community of people that I get to work with are also very inspiring and um yeah I love art I love poetry I I'm so lucky to call a lot of like artists and musicians uh friends and so they're always inspiring and so I, I get inspiration from all over the place, but the landscape and the lake are definitely my biggest inspiration. I was thinking about you because um, I'd looked at the book and then I went on this van trip and 
you know, I just saw all these berries, and of course, I'm putting everything in my mouth, and my husband's sure I'm going to die. Well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then, like, the rose hips were just the biggest, brightest, reddest rose hips I'd ever seen before, and I was like, we can make schnapps! Oh, my God. We can make schnapps! Oh, my God, so good. Yeah, but, oh, my gosh, that rose hip schnapps. I've converted a lot of people to being avid rose hip schnapps makers in the fall. I just got a text from a friend who's like, I have four jars of rose hip schnapps starting to marinate. It is the uh, cookbook is Camp Cocktails. It's Emily V. Cray. We're going to have to have you back on again, Emily, because our segment is too short. Holiday time. Yes, for sure. And I've got to get you a copy of that book. Yay! Thanks for being on, Emily. We'll talk soon. Thank you so much for having me. It's Camp Cocktails. Get the book. Emily V. Cray. It's delicious. Hello, Weekly Disher. Spring has sprung, and that means the best-tasting wild-caught seafood is available from Sitka Salmon. You may have heard us talk about Sitka Salmon before on the show, and that's because we are huge fans. Sitka Salmon standards for quality are unrivaled in the industry because, you see, Sitka Salmon is a community-supported fishery. The fish they process for you to eat are caught by a collective of small boat fishermen, fisherwomen, and families. Some of these families have been fishing for multiple generations. And knowing the boat your fish comes from is not typical of most fish you buy. When you buy a Sitka salmon share, you're getting the freshest quality fish you can, and you can trace the fish back to its source. With your share, you're part of the Sitka family, and you get monthly fish shipments of salmon, lingcod, crab, tuna, halibut, and you get the freshest fish while it's in season. They even have recipes, but I've been steaming my cod in my instant pot. The fish is so delicious, you don't even need to do much to serve it other than cook it and eat it. So Weekly Dishers, here is how you get your $25 discount for the first month of a premium Sitka salmon share. Type sitkasalmonshares.com backslash weekly dish and you save $25. So save $25 on your box. Again, type sitka, S-I-T-K-A, salmonshares.com backslash weekly dish and you save $25. Hey everybody, welcome back to Weekly Dish and we are in a space where we are having lots of people at the end of the show. I love having callers come, you know, people come on the show and we have Ms. Jess Fleming on the line. Are you there, girl? I am. Hi. How are you doing? I am so good. Okay, you guys, Jess Fleming is, of course, the food critic editor of the Pioneer Press. And we wanted to have her on today specifically because she is um, she is the Booyah Queen. I did not know this about you, Jess. Did you not know this? No. No, she is the Booyah Queen. In the fact, for me specifically... um, because uh, she's, it's in her blood. It's in her family traditions. Not only is she re- a reporter and a food person, journalist about it, this is a woman whose family does booyah. Tell us a little bit about your family booyah, Jess. Well, uh, booyah originated, <clears throat> sorry, in Green Bay. Uh, I don't know if you know that. It did? Well, that's contentious, did. but I'm going to let you have it. <laughs> I mean, all the research I have done for- <laughs> For journalistic reasons. Yeah, I'm sure you're not aiming that research in any one direction, (laughs) by the way. (laughs) I was born in Green Bay. My parents are from Green Bay. Yeah. So they grew up with these fundraisers, these Booyah fundraisers. And, like, you know, they go almost year-round there. So people are always going out to get a couple Booyah at whatever church or VFW or American Legion is having one that day. Yeah. Um, And then they moved an hour and a half south of Green Bay, and suddenly – there were no booyahs, or very few. Right. <laughs> so they missed it, and my dad got a recipe from, I don't know, some old guy. It was faxed <laughs> to him. <laughs> <laughs> was it really? Yeah, and so you have it, and and he and my mom make the most amazing booyah. 
um, they just moved back to Green Bay, but um, they used to have this ginormous garden, which I'm sure they're going to plant again once they get established. But right, uh, right. And so they would just take, it was always a harvest time kind of thing, and they would take all the ingredients from their garden and make booyah. And uh, so that's my booyah story. I mean, it's it's good stuff. So it's this big <laughs> soup. So booyah is like this giant big, you know, soup. We kind of call it like a stone soup, but the whole thing is that it takes hours and hours to make. And there's sort of this process that involves, um, you know, like, I mean, I don't know. Did we talk about like, because it's usually oxtail and chick and like whole chickens mm-hmm. and all sorts of things yep. like that, right? Yeah. So my parents started the night before. They boiled the chickens um, the night before. And then you there's a certain order of things that you put in the pot. And it's always cooked over an open flame. So yeah. you make a big fire. You level things off. You put your booyah pot on there. And then you add, you know... I think the first ingredient is just like water and chicken and then you add your potatoes and then you wait, you always have to wait for it to return to a rolling boil so that by the end, those, um, the chicken is sort of stringy. Yeah. The texture of the, of the thing, because you always wait for it to return to a a rolling boil and the boiling makes the chicken have that texture. Yeah. And it sounds good. It's well, and it's like, you know, that everybody has like the, everybody has its own secret, you know, ingredient and it's like whatever. Yeah. But it's it is like the Midwest version or the northern version of like a seafood boil. We just do it with the meats. Are there other meats besides chicken in it? Oxtail. Yeah. So the I oxtail. Mean, sure. And people put all kinds of stuff in yeah. there. I mean, it really doesn't matter. You could put I pork mean, shoulder. You know what I mean? You could do something like that. You Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Stephanie would like to put pork shoulder in everything. Everything. Pork shoulder, there's no place a pork shoulder that doesn't exist. Um, but so, the, and so like the history and, you know, the, the idea that there are families who do this, but there's organizations. I think the North St. Paul Fire Department has been doing a fall booyah as a fundraiser, a community gathering thing for since like 1938 or something like that. Some ridiculously long time. So right. it's sort of this thing, but every year just gathers you know, a list of booyah. And so on this Pioneer Press, you've gathered, how many do you have on there? I, you know, I don't even know, but yeah. uh, people kind of know, and I didn't start that. Uh, it was John Brewer who oh, it was before me. Yeah, he started the booyah list and then he left the paper and everybody's like, well, we got to have the booyah list. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I know. I now do the booyah list. Now you have to so do So will it. you make this because your parents are gone? Her parents are in Green Bay. Right. Oh, <laughs> Oh, no, not dead, just gone, not living in the Twin Cities. Will you make this for your family and friends here? Um, You know, I haven't, but Steph and I have been talking about it. We are actually plotting. Jess and I are plotting a little thing. It could be like an open house for Steph's new house. No, no, no. We have a very focused meal planned (laughs) that we're not telling everybody. Apparently, I'm not invited. Well, we're just not putting it on the radio, my friend. How about that? You are invited so I, when we get it planned. It's I just love the it radio though. Is, yeah. is there a time of year that you have to do it? Because it seems like they're usually in the fall. But is there like a booyah yeah. holiday? No, it's it's usually just in the fall. Yeah. Um, but I will tell you when my parents do booyah, anybody they invite comes over because nobody says no to booyah. Right. And they and we eat booyah for lunch, booyah for snack, <laughs> booyah for dinner. <laughs> And then um, everybody else just brings a pan of bars. Pan of bars. 
Yeah, it's the most Midwestern thing ever. You have I to, love that. Like, that's your ticket for entry, and that's what we're going to do, too. Jess and I are going to do this, where it's like, your ticket for entry, just a pan of a bars. A pan of bars. It's got to be a pan you of gotta bars. got to bring bars. got to bring bars. Maybe we'll have, like, a booyah <laughs> cocktail, too, like, where everyone can throw their bottles of booze into that a big... That sounds a dangerous. <laughs> yes. I don't know about that one. Like Wait a minute. A whop and booyah? That sounds like... Horrible, actually. Uh, that's a recipe for like disaster. But so, okay, tell us a little bit about some of your favorite local booyahs, Jess. You know, can I tell you that I haven't really had much local booyah? Because you are um, a total snob and you only like your parents. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, they, theirs is all fresh and organic. You know, yeah. I feel like I wouldn't be the best judge, but um, I've heard really good things about the, um, like, I think that the booyah crew. Yep. They do. They do one at Mancini's. Yeah. Um, that's when I'm going to be in Italy. But I, I really need to get to a local booyah. Yeah. I, it's not because I don't want to. I just um, busy girl. So. No, it's it's a busy time, and it's hard because they're and so they definitely do tend to be on like weekends, like on Sundays, and mm-hmm. you know, and and so last year with the with the COVID, I thought it was interesting. They still had booyahs. You just had to drive up and get your like container of soup, and then you yeah. and then you left. But. The thing is, is that is one of the big things about Buya is that you can go and you have your thing of soup, but you also have the chance. A lot of people say bring a bucket, like bring an ice cream bucket yeah. or bring containers yep. and fill it up and we'll sell it to you by the pound or whatever. So yeah, oh, like a huge Kemp's bucket. It is like, can you imagine yeah. a big old ice cream bucket of Buya? Yes. Now, and my mom always has like containers to send people home with Buya when she makes it because, you know, that's what you do. But yeah. Um, the, the thing is with COVID, a lot of places aren't accepting your, bring your own bucket. Oh, they so aren't. Okay. They're still at, not. Okay. I've tried to list it, you know, whether or not they accept your container or not. Okay. But, uh, a lot of places are requiring you to use their container. Yeah, so. that makes sense. And that's, you know, mm-hmm. again, for this year, that seems like a smart move for sure. Um, yeah. And then there's, so, so you can definitely, so your list is... You know, posted on the Pioneer Press website, which is TwinCities.com. And yep. um, and on the top of it, there's this big kettle. And the, you have this really great picture that every mm-hmm. year I always think about these kettles. Because some people, like, they, you have to understand, like, this is a mass of soup. And you can, can you still rent those Booyah kettles? Is that a thing? Do you know? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, there was this whole thing at the park, you know, that, that is kind of like, oh, you know that park? Highland Park. Yeah, yeah. Highland over Park. by Circus yeah. Juventus, the yes. park right behind so the they have like a there. They have like a building where they do, and they have booyah right. kettles they in do. there. They do, and I think you, you can, can rent them. You can rent mm-hmm. them if you're looking to okay. do one in your giant backyard. Well, and I will say that they're at that shelter. They they have booyahs almost every week, yeah. like different different uh, firehouses and whatever do their fundraisers there. Do their so fundraisers. They those kettles. Yeah. yeah. So that's, I mean, that's the thing is like, yeah, if you were doing a fundraiser and you wanted to do a booyah, you know, we did have a caller, Jess, I don't know if you heard earlier in the show, she said there is a neighborhood booyah that they're doing on, do you remember where it was, Hanson? Where the neighborhood booyah was? She says it's a Czech and Slovak party. St. Paul, corner of Maryland <laughs> and somewhere else. Yes, Maryland and Washington. No, that's not, that's not right. Not Washington. It. I wrote it down, but it's from tomorrow. But So like, this is the other thing. Is like, I know that there's like chili cook-offs and stuff, but having the booyah is kind of a really interesting way of, you know, having like a neighborhood block party, I think. 
For sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we always have a total blast making it. It's really fun. Um, and so the last thing I wanted to touch on was you and I actually went to, and I've talked about it a little bit on the show, Arla May's Booyah show. What was it called? Arla May's yes. Booyah Wagon. Arla May's Booyah Wagon. Yeah. yeah. And it was, it was great, wasn't it? How did you feel about that show? I loved it. I thought they just really nailed the whole spirit of the Booyah. And, you know, they were hilarious. And it was just so fun to see a live show like that. And it was outside, so it was totally COVID safe. I mean, yeah. I, it was really good. And I had a great time. We got to sit in, um, and afterwards, here's the thing with the Booyah thing. The Booyah show is that they make you Booyah. Like, there's, after the show yeah, is over. It's the dinner part. You go to the end, you know, and then they have like, <laughs> oh, we've got Booyah simmering over here. And the one that we had was at Frogtown Farm, you know, an urban farm. Mm-hmm. And Jess and I both sampled it. And she said, you said it was pretty close to your parents, you thought. Yeah, I mean, they really nailed it. I, I read some of the ingredients and was like, I don't know. Right. I tried it and I was like, dang, that's good. <laughs> I'm telling you. Right. And it was from, um, what's her name? I can't remember the name of the oh, show. Oh, it was Lachelle Cunningham. Yeah, yeah. And she had never had Booyah. Yeah. Which just made it even more impressive. I know. She totally nailed it. I know. That was kind of <laughs> crazy. Although, I mean, like, and it is, you know, like it's a tomato-y sort of yummy, soupy thing that just sort of, I don't know, it just fills your heart is what I think. It, yeah, it has a lot of flavor, it a does. lot of depth of flavor from the long cook. So, from the long yeah. cook. There are so many booyahs coming up. I'm looking at your list, Jess. They're like almost <laughs> every day through mid-November. Yeah. So you have a chance, yeah. people. Definitely. And you have to subscribe to the uh, to the Pioneer Press to kind of get that list. So go do that, too. And support local yes, journalism so you. that you can find out your booyahs. <laughs> That's how this works. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Thanks, Jess. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, everybody. Okay. We'll be right back. We love that little Lizzo lady. She's a real good. I like all the dancing music. Do you, you do like? Well, you I'm like bangers. Ready for it. You yeah, like bangers. Can, I like bangers. I just for two things. I need to. If you didn't get a chance to see Stephanie March's crimped hair on Facebook <laughs> when she attended the Questlove event <laughs> for the Walker yeah. After Hours Gala. You missed something because it was real cute. How did you, did you buy a crimper? I bought a crimper, yo. Did you get it at like Value Village? No, I mean, I bought it on Amazon. Okay. Because I don't care. Because <laughs> I, I don't, I mean, I wouldn't know where to go. I'd have to go to 17 places. It was real places. cute. I bought it on Amazon for like 30 bucks. What made you think like, I'm going to crimp my hair for this event? Um, Do you remember I did like a yes, like, fashion show? I do. And That's you wore why. silver. Yeah. And no, I didn't wear, I, uh, so the fashion show that I did for the condom people, I was like, the crimping hair was the only thing that kept me alive because I was like not comfortable in the clothing I was wearing. And so, um, and so I remember that and I was thinking, I don't really, I don't have fancy party clothes and I knew that everybody there was going to be just to the nines, right. right? And I don't have that level of party clothes right now. And I just don't, there's nothing that I was feeling. And so I thought, well, if I can't have the good clothes, I can have good hair. And you did. And so I did the crimping. Scored. And I tell you what, it is fascinating how it makes your hair feel like it's got so much volume and it's like, but it's soft. And I don't know. I love it. I, I think I might be a lot of crimping going on. Yeah. Halloween. Could I happen. think you're going to be the mm-hmm. crimp Yeah, I could for sure. The, instead of a temptress, a crimptress. The crimptress. Is that a thing? <laughs> is that a thing now? It is now. Oh my God. Uh, you know what else is happening? Yeah. You guys, we're bringing it back. That's right. We are bringing back. Can we officially say it? We can. Okay. The cookbook swap is coming back. Yep. We are going to be doing it at Malcolm Yards this year. We're going to be doing it at the end of October. 
It is going to be October 26th. Is that the date? No, I think it's the 30th. Okay, let me just look. Okay, I know we now don't that have we just the did sales this, this is ticket horrible. link up yet, but it is coming. Okay, here's what, yeah, we're going to definitely say it's October 30th. So it's going to be a Halloween theme, no matter what, just because it is. And so then 12 to 2 p.m., so it's noon to 2 um, so it'll get, you know, you, we can have people come in and you can do what you want. Malcolm Yards does open at 11, just to be clear. So you can come and get a little bit of a snacky on. Yep. It's going to be $15 tickets and the proceeds are going to go to Second Harvest Heartland. And we're going to have this. We can have it be more people this year, you guys, because it's a bigger space. We're going to do light bites and there's going to be a raffle. Don't forget the raffle. That's always good times. And I just, Emily just confirmed with me, our last guest, she's going to have a book for the raffle. Oh, good. The so camp we'll have the camp cookbook. cocktail right. cookbook. And so we'll kind of look at how we're doing this, but we have more space. So, you know, in the past years, we've done it at Kitchen in the Market. This year at Malcolm Yards, um, we're going to have more space. It's going to be on the, you know, kind of in the back private room of Malcolm Yards, if you've been. And it's just going to be a lot of good times. And I think like we should have a little costume contest party of it. Potentially. Yeah. Now keep your eyes peeled to our weekly dish Facebook page because that's where we'll put the ticket link. Yeah. If you have cookbooks and you can't come or you want to arrange to get your cookbooks to me, I will work on getting some cookbook delivery if we need to do that. Okay. Um, I don't think. Yeah. It's okay. If you want to take that on, you can do it. Because when I moved, I got rid of any of the cookbooks that I didn't want. So I don't have a lot to donate. I still have a couple boxes. Okay. I'm good. So feel free to connect with me um, and we will make sure that we get your books and put them towards a swap. And then after, and I don't think we've confirmed this part either, but we're going to, I think, give them to our friends at, is it St. Paul College? Yeah. Yep. yep. That uh, Nathan we always Churchian. Donate. Whatever happens, either you come and you, you bring a book and you take a book, you bring two books, you take two books. Let's be honest, if you, it, when you buy raffles and all that kind of stuff, you can get more books if you want, all that kind of, you know, you can buy tickets for that. But basically, people tend to bring their books and, and then they may come with like six books and only leave with one book. So we do have books left over and we want to donate those all every time. So we yes. do that. We make sure that it's either transfer of ownership or we move it into a space where it does some good. Um, I remember our first year we did this. There's this New York Times cookbook. There's a version that has this um, lamb stew in it that yeah. is only in that one version. Oh. And I saw the book and I looked at it because I'm always looking to see yeah. if this yeah. and it had it in there. And this super cute young woman who was with her mom, you know, was like looking and I was like, this has this lamb. Do you like lamb? And she was like, yeah, I do. Like this has this recipe and it's only in this version and you need to get this. And she emailed me later yeah, and said, I made that lamb stew. You were right. It was so delicious. I'm so glad I grabbed that book. So okay. there's always good stories. Yes. There's always good stories. And remember the year where the lady like brought oh, I all of the recipe cards yeah. and old like church cookbooks that yeah. were her mom's. Uh-huh. And we do usually get a good collection of church cookbooks if those are something that's interesting. And I usually grab a couple of them just for archive's sake. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like just to have a little bit of an archive of like some of those things. But again, you know, the St. Paul College is doing that. They're archiving a lot of these things. And it's kind of interesting. When I was looking for the potato dumpling recipe that I wanted to make, I had to like, I wasn't sure if I could do it this way or that way. So I got out all those church cookbooks that I have from Ely up up at the cabin. And I was like looking at the different version of dumplings. Yeah. And I did finally find in the 1962 gourmet. Oh, a recipe that was with a potato dumpling that was cooking it in a broth that I was like, okay, this would work. Like a boiling. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Oh gosh. Sometimes you use many as reference. Yes. 
And so, yeah, so it's just kind of interesting. I think that we're going to, and it's always a good time. You know what I mean? Like if you definitely want to um, just come and hang out too. It's fun to meet other dishers too. And we do, you know, we have uh, the raffle usually has some good stuff in it. And so, it, and it all goes to charity. So that's really the good news is yep. that we're all doing a little bit of good and hanging out. October 30th, just remember in from noon to two is October 30th, Malcolm Yard's noon to two cookbook swap. And we'll put more details up uh, pretty soon. Okay. Um, hey, I went to the Vikings preview of the food, and I was just going to touch on that. Because isn't like 68,000 people getting together in that stadium tomorrow? Sure. Okay. I think so, right? right? I mean, if there's a Vikings game, I guess they're playing Seattle Seahawks okay. or something. All right. Um, here's what I'm going to let you know. There wasn't a lot new. There, there wasn't <laughs> a lot new. It wasn't enough to write about, honestly. And so that was kind of like, but, wah, but there wah. are a couple new things. And one of the new people was uh, Nashville Coop is now there. Okay. And, you know, that's there seems to be like a lot of fried chicken, quite honestly, oh, at yeah. the stadium right now. And I know that's because Revival kind of kicked it off and they're doing such great things. You can also get the Parlor Burger now at the Viking Stadium. You're getting it outside at that little pre-tent, yep. you know, thing. But the Parlor Burger's there. Okay, yeah. Um, Nashville Coop is inside. Um, they Who, isn't it funny that that bar like spawned this thing that's called the parlor burger that you try and get all over town? Yeah. Well, they're smart. Yeah. It's like, funny. Instead of saying, we don't want to be known for a burger. They went, let me give you the burger that ten you love. Ways. Yeah, yes. 10 ways. In 10, ten places. places. Um, and then, and also by the way, the parlor burger is at the TCF bank stadium when you have gopher games and all of their proceeds go for the gopher fund when oh. they're there. Isn't okay. that nice? Cause Brent's, you know, a former gopher. Sure. So. Sure. Sure. Um, the other thing that I love is, is there is a cookie at, um, the U S or at, yeah, U S bank stadium. That was a family who had done this cookie, um, during the pandemic, this guy's wife, and it's called love you cookie. And there, he's got a couple different versions. One of them is like a big old thick sprinkles cookie. That is just a sugar bomb, like might hurt your head. Um, but the other one is like, he's got like a monster cookie with like chocolate chips and stuff. And it's not too sweet. Like okay. some of those cookies get to be so sweet that you can't finish it. But he goes, my wife made this specifically because I don't really love cookies. And so he's like, and it's really great. This a little, this cute family who has basically talked about, they wanted to, uh, gosh, I'm going to get it wrong, but deliberate optimism, you know, like, like, and directed up like bill the pie guy yeah who just started making pies during the pandemic yeah. and yeah. he's donated i think over three thousand right. dollars to various shelters but they and... wanted to bring happiness yeah. they wanted to do something that actually made happiness and made smiles and that whole thing and that's deliberate optimism or directed and i think that they're a neat so they're called love you cookie you can't miss it i love it yeah so those are there um there was one other new one um well, not the brownie ladies. No, they're the hockey moms is there. T-Rex cookies is there. They've been there. Um, Revival's got their chicken sandwich, but they kind of swapped it up. They put some slaw and some other stuff on it. Yep. Um, the there's rusty taco there. Schweigert's has got a hot dog. Okay. Kind of in a milk bun. Um, you know, market barbecue's got pulled pork. All right. But that's all up in the club thing. So, you know, there's a vegan. The other one is there's a, a place called Be Graceful. And they have a vegan uh, sloppy joe made with the impossible meat. Sure. And it's a gluten-free bun. It was really good. Yeah, I like, bet. Like, it was really good. I would I would put it up there. All right. There you go, Vikings fans. Good, uh, luck. good luck. Yeah, that's the show. We'll be back with you next week. Yeah. Ciao, ciao.